Well, church, I, every Sunday without fail, I, I wake up with a, a tinge of anxiousness, um, just knowing, like, hey, do I have my mind around the message? Do I, um, is, my, is my keynote uh, done so that way the slides are up on the screen? But this morning I woke up, and I'm just I'm not able to discern because what's happening within me right now, because I, since I was five years old, I, I have been a fan of the 49ers. And, and so I'm, I'm trying to discern, like, what's this anxiousness within me? Is it, is it the morning's message, or, or is it the Super Bowl that's coming up? And I'm not entirely sure. Um, so that's just, just where I'm at this morning. I just wanted to fill you in on that. Church, if you would, I would love for you to stand with me as we read uh, the word of the Lord. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, Genesis chapter 3, um, verses 6 through 8. I'm reading from the NRSV, and it'll be up on the screen as well. Um, and as we read this, I just want to say this, is that as I'm prepping and, and praying for, for this uh, morning over this past week, there was something that was observed about this passage um, by Tim Mackey from the Bible Project that just just blew me away and something that I have never seen um, in the 20 plus years of, of seeing this passage. Just seeing something fresh for the very first time. I won't say exactly what that is right now, but um, and I won't leave you guessing about what it is. At some point, I'll let you know what it was that just uh, was just so good uh, to reflect upon. But it says this. So, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. They heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden at the time of the evening breeze, and the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Father, as we this morning reflect upon your word together, I pray that you would, that we would see you afresh. Um, we would know your presence with us and that you would inspire our, our imaginations, you would inspire our minds, you would inspire us in a way where, we'd, where we, would, we would know you better. Not just know about you, but there would be something about the grace of being able to sit here together and look at your word that would cause us to be more and more shaped in the image of your son, Jesus. Um, meet, meet us here ultimately is the prayer. Meet, meet us here in this space, and um, may, may we hear a pastoral word from you uh, spoken over your people. And so we say that in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Please feel free to have a seat. Like I said, there's something in the last 23, 23 plus years of, of following Jesus, and I mean, Genesis, when I began to follow Jesus, Genesis is where I started reading scripture, and um, you'll notice that when we start a sermon series or when we go through uh, a series, often we'll loop back 
to the book of Genesis, particularly Genesis 1 through 3. There's just something so foundational um, about this passage. But what I want to remind us of as, as we launch into this passage um, is rewind a little bit, and I want to talk about this word ruach. Uh, in, in Hebrew, it's, it's pronounced, well, it's, I don't want to say that it's pronounced ruach because I don't know entirely how to pronounce it. Um, but the word ruach, when you look over, over the Hebrew scriptures, a lot of times it'll be translated as breath, it'll be translated as wind, or it'll be translated as spirit. And, and sometimes, uh, when you read through a passage, you'll discover that, that it just simply means that. It'll mean breath. It'll mean someone's breath. Or um, the word will mean uh, wind. And it's just literally speaking about a wind that was blowing. Uh, and there are other times, or, or it'll talk about spirit. Whether it's God's spirit, whether it's a, it's a person's spirit, this, this word ruach can either mean wind, breath, or spirit. And it makes sense. Right? When, you, when you think about those three things being defined by the same word, that there's this invisible animating kind of force to all of those elements. Breath is this animating force within our lives. Wind is this invisible animating force that happens in creation. And spirit, right? If we just think about this invisible like life-animating force that resides uh, in, in who we are and um, but, but there's these other times, and a lot of the times, that this word ruach is referring to God's personal presence. And it'll, you'll see it a lot of times being spoken as God's ruach, God's spirit. And in Genesis chapter 1, you see that. You see in Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And, and as that's taking place, the next the next line that, that gets portrayed to us is, is that, and God's ruach, or a ruach from God, hovered over the waters. And as Bible scholars have looked over the pages of Scripture, that when they come across this word ruach, we got to discern that a lot of times, that, that what that's conveying to us is that this is the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, being conveyed to us. That, that the ruach, a lot of times, is speaking about God's personal presence that's animating life. And so in Genesis chapter 1, what you discover is that God's ruach is breathed out. God's ruach is poured out or is hovering above creation, and it's God's spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that is animating all of creation, that, that the earth is, is, is formed and made, and it is the animating presence of the Spirit of God that's, that's bringing life to creation. And then in Genesis chapter 2, you see that God's animating presence is breathed into Adam. Adam and Eve is breathed in, into humanity. And what's conveyed to us in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2 is that God's personal presence is bringing life to the world. Where there was chaos, where there was disorder, where there was darkness, the ruach of God is poured out and chaos is moved to life. And dust is, is, is breathed into and becomes humanity. Charles Pinnock, in his, in his book, uh, Flame of Love, talks about creation this way. He says the goal 
is that we may enjoy the responsive relationship that the Son enjoys with the Father. So the Spirit seeks to reproduce in the world the interior mystery of God, ever spiraling it back toward God. Bringing creation to its goal is the main task of the Spirit. The Son is the logos of creation, the origin, uh, an epitome of its order, while the Spirit is the artisan who by skillful ingenuity sees to it that creaturely forms arise and move toward fulfillment. This understanding that the Spirit of God is moving in humanity, moving across creation, so that creation would know what it is to be fulfilled in the presence of God. As we continue our series on the Holy Spirit, I wanted just to, to reflect on nature for a bit. I, I love nature. And so many of our um, family vacations together, we, we make it a point to go and visit different national parks. And so I want to take a moment within the service, almost like invite you right here, almost like imagine that this is my living room and we just got back home from vacation and I just get to say, hey, can I show you a slideshow of, of our vacation uh, that we just came home from? And, and so I wanted to bring up on the screen a picture of some of the vacations that we've gone on. Um, these are pictures that we've, that we've snapped while out on vacation. The top one is Zion National Park uh, in Utah. The bottom left one, that massive tree, right, is, is the redwood forest. Um, you just see the width of that thing, and then the bottom right is, uh, is Yellowstone National Park. I love being able to get out in creation. And there's something about seeing creation that just stops you. And, and causes this response within you that I think that you, that you would read in Genesis chapter 1, where you would, you would say yes and amen to the, the words that the Lord says, this is good. This is good. There's something precious here. And I think that, that we've all had this experience where we've stood before a vista and, and, and we've thought about God's glory. We, we've stopped and we've just observed nature and just have been floored by it and just goes, man, there's genius at play here in front of us. There's, there's mastery. There's, this is a masterpiece that I'm looking at in front of me. And I, th- I think that, that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, there's something about nature that shouts out to us, this is the hand of God. This is God at work. And this is a God, for some reason, you can can just tell by looking at nature, this is a God who is good. This is a God who is generous. This is a God who is powerful. This is a God who is mighty. This is a God that is beautiful. We think about, like, the, the creation is unnecessarily beautiful and unnecessarily playful and and what it would again what it conveys to us is that the holy spirit is about life 
Holy Spirit is my life. The next one that I wanted to show you is this last year, we went to Glacier National Park in Montana. I just remember being in, in, in the car and, and filming this and just being, man, just floored. Floored with the imagery that was there in front of me. And, and so maybe one takeaway that I would have for you from this morning is go visit a national park. But, but the other thing that, that I would hope to convey to you is there is something so life-giving about the Holy Spirit being poured out. There, there's something so beautiful about the breath of God being poured out. And when you read through the pages of Scripture that what you will find is the Holy Spirit is poured out and it is, it is for life and it is for redemption. It is to bring creation back into the kingdom of God. Like the Holy Spirit is at work in this world to bring things back into fulfillment, into the way that it was first formed. He is the spirit of creation and redemption. And the other thing that we see in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, though, is, is there's a distinction that takes place. The Spirit of God is poured out upon creation, and, and life takes place. Chaos is moved into order. But the, other, the distinction that takes place is that the Spirit of God is also breathed into humanity. So, so we believe that creation, it, that the Spirit is poured into into creation and the spirit is poured into humanity but there's a distinction that takes place that that god speaks to humanity and gives them a command go be fruitful and multiply go and subdue the earth and god goes further and says i have given you everything that has the breath of life in it it's yours and so the, the distinction that's made between the rest of creation and humanity is humanity is endowed with a divine call.